there's a debate on, on Twitter about whether this increases click-through rate or decreases it. All of my experiments shows that it's increased. The people that are showing data where they've had a decrease in click-through rate, also there's the June core update around that time. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone, I'm really excited to bring you Matthew Woodward today. And I've been following his blog for quite a while. And, and Matt's really good at many things, digital marketing, namely SEO. He's got a lot of things. I actually read something recently on his blog, and I'm going I'm to let him explain what it is. He is the guy that will try all the things when it comes to growing traffic, the things that people are maybe sometimes scared to try. And the you know he's got some really amazing insights. And he actually is very open with kind of what he shares in terms of uh, income and you know numbers like that. So I think everyone's going to be really excited for this one. I think everyone thinks, you know, this organic traffic thing seems to be this mystical beast. But uh, Matthew Woodward is here to kind of help uh, dispel that myth. So Matt, first and foremost, how is it going? Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a lot of great things to share. You, you're going to want to make sure you've got a pen and paper to hand if you're listening to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. It's uh, I'm excited to be here. So, so Matt is coming from Costa Rica right now. It's it's raining. So Matt, first and foremost, can you give us a little background on kind of who you are and kind of what you do right now? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm, I'm most known for my SEO blog. It's been a great success over the years. It's only a, a small part of, of what I do. I've been, yeah, I'm, I'm 33 right now. I've been building websites since I was 12, since before Google was a thing. You know, I've seen the birth of Google. I've seen the birth, I've seen the birth of PHP. So, you know, through that time, I've, I've learned a lot, experienced a lot. I've, uh, I've worked in the corporate world with great success in digital marketing. Uh, I've had great success in e-commerce. Obviously, I'm, I'm most famous for SEO, which I also have great success with. And I build out various sites, niche sites, businesses. And of course, the, the most important component to building any site is traffic. And that's something, um, yeah, I've, I've played with lots of different ways of getting traffic. And uh, SEO for me has been the most successful. And that is the you know the go-to strategy for me awesome and what kind of uh what kind of numbers can you reveal reveal around your business maybe the traffic numbers monthly traffic numbers and also kind of uh, revenue details i mean for the matthewwoodward.co.uk blog what that was actually an, an seo experiment to see if it was possible to rank a website without building any links turns out you can now Every month for like five years, I published an income report which detailed what I'd done that month, why I'd done it, and also documented all of the traffic sources, all of the income sources, and all of the expenses. And I did that from zero all the way through to like $1.2 million. So that, for anyone that's looking to grow a business from the ground up, that is a great resource to go and read through. And, uh, you can learn a lot of mistakes, you know, learn from a lot of my mistakes without having to go to the <laughs> expense <laughs> of time and money to learn them yourself. And is that 1.2 million for, uh, that, is that annual revenue? Like what is that over what period of time? 
that's to, like to, total profit of, of of the blog over a five year period Got from it. zero. Yeah. And uh, once it's once it kind of was reaching those numbers, I stopped publishing uh, the reports and, and any further. I felt like the uh, the point had been proven. The case study had been proven true at that point. <laughs> cool. So you know what's interesting about the income reports, and just for everyone, uh, just breaking that out, that's about what two hundred forty grand a year in profit, which is really good, right? Um, and I think so. You know, you share the income reports, and there's some there's a handful of other people that share their income reports. And uh, you know, Neil and I have another podcast, Patel. On the, on the marketing school podcast, we talk about how you know we don't really um, recommend for, you know when people start to get become um, really successful, probably don't want to share incomes because what's going to happen is you know a lot of people. Well, maybe I'll come back to you. Why did you stop sharing your income reports? Well, um, a few reasons. The, the first reason for the income report was to track the case study. Can you can you build a successful site and rank it without building links? And uh, I'd answered that. The income reports. We're also becoming a problem every month to write in that I could write content that was evergreen and and helps people with specific SEO problems, which was my core audience. And and, and that was just something shiny that distracted people. It, yeah, it, it helps people see how I was growing everything, but it, it wasn't aligning to my core mission. On top of that, people were looking at it like, Oh whoa! It's it's really easy to make a ton of money, uh, and it was it. Sometimes it was like selling a, a a false a falsity. You know, people digest those income reports in five minutes, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I can do that easy," and it they don't see that hard work that goes into it. They just see the numbers. So I felt like it was detracting from the, the point of them in many ways. So. Also, the income reports didn't include things like money I've made from the agency, which is something I was able to launch off the back of the blog. It didn't include income from products that I've launched, which had come off the back of the blog. This was just purely affiliate revenue that we're talking about. The the actual numbers were significantly higher. And I've not published an income report for two or three years now. It's right. When you're publishing things like that, people definitely look at things differently. Look at you differently. And then they treat you differently. And also, you breed competitors. Now, when I started my SEO blog, there wasn't really any decent competitors. Now there's a lot. And I know that a lot of those competitors started by <laughs> reading, it, reading the income report. So yep. uh, the point had been proven with them. There was, there, there was no, no reason to continue publishing them. Um, Got it. However, yep, that makes total sense. Go ahead, I have going. still been collecting all of the data, making all of the notes for them. So I still have them privately, just not published publicly. Okay, that makes sense. And that's exactly what Neil said. I think once you, once you guys start, uh, or once people start publishing income reports, it breeds competitors for sure. And you know, I'm glad to see that you're, you're well, at least you're keeping them for yourself now. So can you give us a rough range that maybe in the last uh, trailing 12 months, um, kind of all in, you know, you started with this blog first and that led to you getting uh, clients and then you know, building products, um, you know, things like that. So all in kind of what, what's the rough revenue range from people you know, going from um, zero and then all the way to kind of where you are now. Enough not to care what what the, my net worth is anymore. And what would that be for people? Just a range is fine. You don't need to give an exact number. Enough not to care. <laughs> I, I see. I don't know what that is. It's enough not to ever have to worry about money or anything financial or my immediate family for their significant futures. 
So I feel like that answer is different for everybody. Is it, can you give people a range just because people love numbers on this podcast? Sevens. Okay. So um, s- yeah. Multiple I mean, seven figure kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like cool. an, That's fine. enough to live a very comfortable lifestyle without ever having to worry again. Perfect. That range is perfectly fine. Don't need an exact number. So uh, yeah. what, what I actually read something on your blog recently, but I, I want to start with a question because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering right now, what is working in SEO today? Where do you see kind of SEO going? Because you do a lot of it. What's working right now, SEO has become really a, con- a convergence of many different skills. It's no longer just about manipulating links and although that's a part of it it's now a smaller part of it and SEO has become much more baked into the core process of any digital business in how they create content and then how that content is structured and then how that content's promoted which is to reach audiences but also earn links that's the the biggest kind of cultural shift I've seen in SEO uh, as, as a whole over the over the most recent years but I still see people making a lot of the same mistakes taking a lot of the same shortcuts a lot of SEOs can't see the woods for the trees they're so obsessed with link building they don't take care of the basic foundations of content and uh, you know they, they don't they don't spend time creating you know if you're going to create a physical business a cafe or restaurant for example you'd want it to be a pleasant space you want it to be clean organized nice like people don't treat their websites with the same respect as they treat a physical business and i see a lot of people making the same mistakes when it comes to building out their sites a lot of essays can't see the woods for the trees and are often focused on you know how many links can i build link building link building link building link building and when I review sites, more often than not, they don't deserve to rank. People haven't taken time to build sites that deserve to rank. They haven't created content that really helps people. They're not really contributing to, to humanity with their content, so to speak. And one of the things I love to ask people when I see them making this mistake, I say, look, are you proud of what you've produced? When you look at that piece of content, do you feel pride? And quite often people say, no. And if you're building out a site and your intention is to rank it in Google, you've got to take pride in the content and the site that you're producing. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that, that I'm seeing right now. And that's been a common trend as well. Okay. And when you say uh, take pride in it, so like people want to know, like, what does that, that look like? You know, is it content length? Like what does a piece of prideful content look like to Matt? Okay. Prideful content is when someone's obviously put thought and effort and care into it. Anyone, you know, just using the computer between their ears can look at a piece of content and go, is this here just to make money or is this here to help me? Like, is this just some thrown together, difficult to read piece of junk with like, kind of like crappy images and everything else or have they gone to the effort to really pay attention to the structure the layout how they've used the images to support what they're explaining are they connecting my problem to solutions are they answering or like there's a clear difference between content that people care about and content that people have just like thrown together and outsourced to a writer because they want to build some links and rank it as quickly as possible and unfortunately, I'm seeing the latter much more often <laughs> than the right way. It's true. Um, and by the way, you know, when when Matt's talking about um, 
thoughtful content. I, I'm actually reading through his his blog right now. Like even the income reports, you know, you know, just to give people some context, you started doing them in 2012. First month, you're you know, 2,000 visits or so. You collect about 700 bucks. You went all the way till 2017, and then went up to 60,000 visits a month, and about uh, up to about 31 grand, 34 grand actually at the high point in in um in affiliate revenue now the thing is like it takes time to put these things together and this income report is very i think it's thoughtful because nobody else has gone through i haven't seen it formatted this way i've looked at a lot of income reports in the past so that's great here's mm -hmm. another thing though i think this this thing is amazing you have this one piece on how to increase search visibility with uh, faq or fac uh rich <laughs> snippets and i think that's yeah. really ninja um so can you explain what that is exactly and i want people to actually look for this afterwards because this is amazing okay yeah hit the homepage matthewwoodward.co.uk click on increase search traffic on the right hand side under on page seo you'll see faq uh, rich snippets. This is this is something that I published recently. For those that don't know, Google introduced FAQ rich snippets towards the end of last year. And what it is, is if you've done a Google search, you may have seen the people also ask box. It's a list of questions. When you click on the questions, they open up and give you the answer. The FAQ rich snippet is essentially replicating that box and attaching it to your search result, which means instead of your search result just being a traditional search result, it takes up like an extra, well, double and a little bit more real estate on the screen in, when people are searching. And then you can control the content of those questions and the answers. This isn't anything new. What is new, though, is how they're now being integrated into the search results at a rapid rate. And when I say rapid rate, if you go and read the, the, the post that we're talking about and you integrate the advice that you're seeing, you'll be able to add an FAQ rich snippet to your live search result globally in less than three minutes. And that is a generous estimation. A lot of the feedback, people are doing it in 20, 30 seconds. That gives you instant increase in visibility on the search page, on, on the search results. It gives you an instant increase in authority because Google are obviously citing you. And when people are searching, it's definitely better that you are providing that snippet than your competitor. And I saw there's a, there's a debate on, on Twitter about whether this increases click-through rate or decreases it. All of my experiments shows that it's increased. The people that are showing data where they've had a decrease in click-through rate, also they were like, there was a, the, the June core update around that time. So all of my data shows that it's increasing click-through rate because this is something I started integrating a few weeks ago. And actually, I was looking at the data last night. It's funny that you asked me that, that question. We're also seeing great results where it's taking people from like the number 12 spot, and then they went to number three and then to the featured snippet and then dropped back to the number three position. But they went from the number 12 position, page two to rank three. That's That's a big, 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 big change. We also had a yeah, like an instant, instant. You apply what you learn in the post and, and within three minutes, you, you're going to see that. You, well, you might not see that result, but you're going to see some kind of change in your search visibility. I'm giving you the lots of people have tried this. Lots of people have been writing me. I've seen lots of feedback, people talking about it. So I'm giving you like the best examples that I've seen. They're, they're, they're not typical examples. Um, one guy did it and um, his competitor controlled the featured snippet. He did it and 
within minutes he was able to remove the featured snippet entirely no longer a featured featured snippet appeared on the search results and his website went to the number one position with the attached faq so it's it's something to pay attention to for one reason or another which i've got my own theory on it's working very 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 well right now and it's definitely something to explore but make sure you read google's guidelines on it first it's easy to abuse and for sure if you abuse it you're going to get penalized in the future no doubt they're brewing up some kind of penalty for it as we speak so pay attention to google's guidelines as you integrate it but as long as you use it safely as a way to contribute to a user's experience you're not going to have a problem so what what are like the rough uh if you have any averages looking at your own data like what is the ctr increase that you've seen on average by doing this uh, one of them that i was looking at went up from three percent to eight percent click-through wow. rate okay great but that also came with an increase in ranking so it's 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 not it's not you can't say it's because of that faq botch but you can say for the change on a whole contributed to the increase in the ranking which then also increased the, the click-through rate and uh whether the what what role the FAQ box actually plays in that click-through rate, I can't tell you. But uh, uh, overall, uh, I've seen great benefits. Yeah, that's over That's over two and a half times. That That's nuts. So actually, I, I wanted to ask you about this. So like, would you consider this on the, the white hat scale, gray hat scale, black hat scale? Where does this fall? <laughs> Maybe you can, oh, you you can defer the answer. Works. Maybe you can defer the answer. That's okay, too. Okay, look, if you identify as a white hat SEO, you're an idiot. And if you identify as a black hat SEO, you're an idiot. <laughs> explain to explain. <laughs> if you identify as a gray hat SEO, well, that's just two types of idiots put together, right? Like, <laughs> why am I saying that? Look, gray, black, white, that's like the human ego that we need to insert into everything that we do. There's a single computer algorithm. It's looking for specific metrics. As SEOs, it's our job to find ways to feed it the metrics that it wants. That's it, right? And white hats, you know, it's, it's stupid. It's come full circle, really. Like, you know, people that use the term white hat link building, well, all link building is a, against Google's guidelines. If you're going out there with the intention to manipulate search results, link building is against Google's guidelines. Therefore, if you, you're the you subscribe to such labels, any kind of attempt at link building is black hat. So all the people that think that they're white hat, look, as soon as you start building links, it's all black hat. So why put a label on things? And the great thing is, I don't know how much outreach you've done or anyone that's listening, you know, if anyone's doing any significant amount of outreach, you'll know that link free link placements are few and far between now you know like even if you write a guest post for someone you still gotta pay if you want that link do follow you know people are aware of the value of links so now what used to be wrongly labeled white hat link building tactic like guest blogging has come full circle and now it's just buying links so <laughs> like i don't know why we're hiding behind all these stupid masks and labels like all that does is serve to separate you from from what you're doing, like anyone that identifies as a white hat is inherently ignorant of anything black hat. And anyone that identifies as black hat is inherently ignorant of white hat because that's just how we're wired, you know? Like, 
So anyone that labels themselves as either of those things, I just think, well, you only understand half the game. Like... Cool. So what I was trying to get at here, and I don't, I don't disagree with you, but uh, what, what I'm trying to get at here is you mentioned the Google guidelines, right? So you mentioned they might be cracking down on this. So can you explain a little bit on kind of what people need to watch out for when they do this? Look, right now it's easy to abuse. Once you go and apply the trick, I guarantee you're going to sit there and your mind. Yeah, you get a taste of the drug. You want more? Yeah, yeah, and you're going to be like, whoa. And for all my people out there that love to test. There's much more to be found than what I revealed. And that's all I'm going to say. But it's open to abuse. Google are blindly trusting that what you tell them is the right thing to be showing in the search results. You can literally insert just about whatever content you want into the first page of search results blindly in near real time. That is a power that is easy to abuse. Now, Google have published guidelines about how to use FAQ-rich snippets. You should read them. When you're adding them, you should honestly ask yourself, does this contribute to helping connect my user's problem to a solution, or does it just like self-serve? If it just self-serves, don't do it. It's so open to abuse right now that eventually the crackdown is going to come and use it intelligently. Like, you know, as SEOs, we like to take things and absolutely smash them to pieces and then we get penalized and then everyone's crying. He got penalized. I'm, I'm like, look, this happens of everything. Like, you know, it gets, it gets discovered. It's effective. Everyone abuses it. It gets cracked down and, and the people that fly through are the people that didn't abuse it. And so don't abuse it. But you'll see, you'll see. It, 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 the, the, the reason it's so effective is because I think Google are trying to win the Google, uh, the voice assistant wars. In fact, well, they're not trying to win. They are winning. Every If, if you pay attention to any big news media outlet that, that, that's covered it, they're more accurate than anyone else. They're able to provide answers to questions that other other voice assistants can't. They just got recognized as the most accurate voice assistant to provide medical advice last month. And all of that data, you know, Google have been organizing the world's data for, well, that's that's what they do. So now they're organizing the world's data uh, through the use of FAQ rich snippets and, and other rich snippet data to, to help them win the, the voice assistant wars, which is a, a $60 billion a year market. So that's why I think it's become so effective because Google are now encouraging webmasters to provide all of this data to them, which they then in turn serve out to their voice assistants. Great. So what else do you have up your sleeve? Because this, this uh, FAQ rich snippet thing is really cool. What else do you have that's similar that you can share with people that you think they might not be aware about? Go and play with that. That right there will keep you busy for like six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Once you integrate one and you see what happens, your mind is going to be blown. And I really encourage you to do some out of the box experiments and, but use it in, 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 in a tactful way. I don't really, I have got a few other things I want to share, but not just yet. <laughs> cool. And where, where are you going to share it on your blog? Yeah, on my blog or okay. on, on my YouTube channel or to my email list. If you're on my email list, you're going to get everything that I, I, I publish all the time. Um, if you don't want to get your inbox bombarded, just just hit me on YouTube. That's uh, 
Okay. That's a great way to, to, to find stuff. Great. So, um, guys, I mean, literally, I, I do think if there's any, like, even if you have one takeaway from this one episode, it, this is the FAQ Rich Snippets. I think it's worth checking out for sure. Matt, a couple more questions from my side, working towards wrapping up now. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of, a lot of value for you? So it could be something physical, like a uh, Peloton bike, or it could be like an app, like Evernote. <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time with... Uh, a new tool some people have heard of called Surfer SEO and is a tool where you enter a keyword it goes out and looks at the search results and it looks at 500 different ranking factors and decides for the current live search results what are the the most influential ranking factors and then you can put your URL in and it will do a comparison and, and tell you where you're weak where you're strong what you should do what you should change but on top of that, they've now built a great content writing tool. So you can literally enter the, 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 the keyword you want to rank for, and it's going to come back with an interface that you can just hand off to a writer, and it's going to tell them exactly what words to include, what topics to talk about, and what headers to use. And that's become a really uh, – it's, it's not yet made, made it into my main process line, but it's very likely that over the next months, as I'm playing with it more and more, that it will. Uh, so that's a great tool that will have a significant impact on my process. And, and, and that's, that's as fresh as you can get it. <laughs> awesome. Wow, it's cheap too. I was just looking at it. Cool. Check it out, yeah. guys. Um, and what is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Oh, God, it's so cliche. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I must have read it like tons of times in my life and each time you know i go through a different chapter of life i read it again and i pick something out new and then i'm like oh yeah i did i applied that and i applied things that i'd learned without even knowing it and that's the one book i'd recommend it's cliche many people have already read it but i've read it multiple times over the years and each time found new values new learnings and new direction yeah, you know, that's the one book where when I was, I think I read it when I was 22 or 23, but I've been repeating the same sequence. He gives you like a sequence to repeat every morning. And I've been doing that since the whole time, kind mm -hmm. of unconsciously. So yeah, it is a book uh -huh. that's had continually had an impact. So uh, that's plus one on that book as well. Uh, I have a bonus question, actually. How are you personally, besides testing, how are you getting better at SEO? Like, who do you follow? What do you read? How are you getting better? I absorb information from as many different places as I can, along with, I love doing single unit testing. I've done a lot of testing with Image SEO recently, um, just setting up dummy sites, dummy keywords for keywords that don't exist yet, and then changing single factors to, to see w what makes the biggest impact. That's where most learning comes from. Um, people are often scared to set up their own tests, but you can set up a, a a test bed of sites in, in two or three hours. It's not that difficult to do and you learn more from that than, than, than anything you'll ever read. Even if your experiments don't work out, you're just going to learn more. Uh, so SEO very much read my blog, read other people's blogs. You've got great, great people in this niche sharing stuff. You've got Brian Dean, you've got Robbie Richards, you've got the Ahrefs team led by, led by uh, Tim Sulo. You've got Matt Diggity. Everyone's putting out, you know, really good content that you should pay attention to. 
But at the end of the day, you've got to go out there and implement it. You've got to try it. Not every niche is the same. Not every website is the same. Not every site reacts the same to, to, to different things. You know, some sites have significant on-page problems, but great content and terrible links. Some sites have great links, but terrible structure and great, you know. So everything that you read, you've got to really try and apply in your situation. There is no typical in SEO and people are often looking to the black and white, the yes and no of things. There isn't, there isn't typical really. You've got to look at how, what people are talking about sharing the tutorials and look at how that applies to your specific situation and test that. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks so much for doing this. What is the best way for people to find you online? Uh, you can hit my blog, matthewwoodward.co.uk. Anyone that's struggling with building a keyword strategy or a link building strategy will be happy to land on that page. I got two intelligent Google Sheets there that are free to use and they'll build those strategies out for you in minutes. Other than that, my YouTube channel, Matt Woodward UK, I literally built a video studio that didn't exist before as an extension on my house to produce videos teaching people about SEO. So the YouTube channel is definitely a great place to go. All right, everyone, check out Matthew Woodward's stuff. It's amazing. Matt, thanks again for doing this. No, thank you very much for having me on. It's been great. And uh, I'm happy that we made the storm without a power cut or internet cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.